0: Welcome to Cyber Profits, the podcast for you and only for you, where we speak always about technology. And this time, we have an, a special guest, someone who is in an area that everybody is curious, virtual reality. His name is Milan Mitoshinka. and he is, an, let's consider as a person who has been in this area for a little bit. He might tell us more about the secrets and how he got involved, and maybe Milan, you can share with us. A little bit about you so the audience know you better yeah hello everyone and thank you for uh,
1: inviting me into your podcast um yeah definitely VR is something which is tricky new and interesting area at least uh, from from IT point of view and, and consumer point of view and it's it's getting big I would say Uh, and course but we have to we have to find a way how to effectively um, deliver the applications for it and use it in
0: in IT an environment around us I would say. And um, Milan, how did you get it started? What was what attracted you about virtual reality or for example how did you get involved in this area? Um kind of, it's, it's a little bit connected to phones.
1: Uh, at first, I think the VR was either a big headset with a cable and a big PC or uh, Samsung came with a phone adaptation of it. And I am uh, the guy who does um, the app development for living, basically and i was always stuck into the newest technologies since uh, i started working in it so this is also one of the options where you just take the phone and and find it's not only the phone but also <clears throat> headset or uh you use it as a as a ar option which is a little bit part of the
0: virtual and augmented or mixed reality itself And can you explain us a little bit better, what is this mixed reality or augmented reality? Because I I think that not many of us understand the differences.
1: Definitely, I would try to explain it like simple as I can. Uh, More or less, the virtual reality is uh, the environment where you put the display in front of your eyes and you can see only the virtual world. Uh, through that display, and you are in it, and you interact with it. On the other hand, the augmented reality is uh, basically showing all the objects, the virtual object inside our world. So you can draw some banners. You can you can draw some some pointers uh, to navigate people around the real world. And the mixed reality itself is something in between where you. For example, look through the display, and you kind of use uh, something from the both worlds, and um, you create some gamified environment, uh, basically
0: for many purpose use. Yeah. And how would you define Pokemon Go, the let's say the famous video game that I think is something in between, but I'm not the expert. How could you define that video game um
1: kinda it's i would say that's the part where it's uh part of the games are in the uh the mixed reality and part of the games are in a um augmented reality where you catch the Pokemon where it lives and then it's uh that virtual um virtual being inside our world basically which is the Augmented reality, and uh, uh, then then you play the game, and it's it's something which is inside your phone, and and uh, basically uh, you mix the the real world with the game, and I would I would call that definitely the mixed reality game,
0: but it's it's presented as a AR AR game. Interesting, and for you, what was the hardest part to get it started when you did this transition from mobile development call it, to the virtual reality development? Um, I would say it's it's a user pattern
1: uh, because uh, from like mobile, you try to do something which is really quick, a uh, few clicks to be there somewhere where you want to be inside the phone, really uh, instant app switching and everything. On the other hand, the virtual environment is um, big and tricky and, and complicated environment where you have to handle a lot of things for example um like interaction between uh, the headset itself and the human uh there is like a human input which uh, goes inside the environment there are some common practice how it could be done but uh, when we do for example trainings you have to really think about uh how people will interact with the objects and how you make it really easy so that they do not get bored, do not get tired inside the virtual environment and they
0: can stay there for a longer time basically. And for example what are those practices to keep the people let's say entertained? because I think that in our current environment of having thousands of virtual calls is something that maybe it's not exactly the same but I would say that people are not exactly very pleased. Any idea about those practices that you follow? Yeah, we we try
1: to uh, create an environment which is uh, which has like three uh, milestones uh, which are met during that implementation. One is that it's an environment which has a really good to eye presentation so that you do not get a headache so Basically, the the system has like 60 plus uh, frames per second. And uh, as as more you you can squeeze out of the headset better, Uh, the environment is, um, for example, slow and not really quick moving uh, due to the fact that we would like to keep people uh, there as much as possible. Not only to play some game for 15-20 minutes and then then you are exhausted uh and eyes are like in not good condition uh this way we try to keep uh, a lot of a lot of time uh inside a virtual environment and um that allows us to do so and the third is uh we think a lot how to how we use the buttons on on the controllers um it's it's always better not to use a controllers at all, uh, for example, the oculus quest uh, with its newest technology allows us to use only hands, but you have a situation where you need to use a uh, controllers and when you when you do so, you should uh, stick to some kind of um stable pattern with good placements of the fingers so that the user know how to uh, catch things or or move around um, better not to fly it's better to teleport and these things so so you have to think about the environment it's it's not like you create an user experience um, pattern for a for a flat 2d graphics
0: for the web or phone but you have to think about all environment itself It seems quite challenging that part of defining the environment or all these or these details. So let's suppose that you are a beginner. How would you advise someone to get started? Because I think I will be overwhelmed knowing all these details that I need to take into consideration.
1: Yeah, the the good practice we started with is uh, when we started to create an um, application for companies, uh, we created an environment which was really boring i would say Uh, so for example the garage for some car uh, training could be only the the white garage without uh, a lot of animations without a lot of uh, texturing around because then then you do not uh like split the focus of the user uh, between the training itself which is like the 3d model in in the middle and the environment itself so he's not admiring uh the the awesome environment around but he's like focusing directly on that training so so this is for example what we uh started from the beginning and i would say uh it went really good and uh we have really good feedback from from customers and from uh, from people who are using the virtual reality that that, that this is like a really nice approach. Uh, they they can focus on the training and they can they can
0: really uh, make it done really quickly and efficiently I would say. And I'm curious that you mentioned that about that you built something related to the companies because when you think in augmented reality or these things, we tend to think only in video games. So what kind of application or usage you have seen based on your experience, besides what you mentioned already about trainings and the other part about the video games in the industries.
1: Yeah, we, we all know the video games. I think the Beat Saber and, and these apps uh, are <clears throat> like part of the shop or, for example, the, the um, Oculus uh, shop but uh but um, what we focus on is is uh, enterprise level application, it's a virtual environment, and uh, basically mm, it's it's more or less uh, all about trainings uh, um, or education. Um, in terms of like education, we have the the human anatomy product where you have the the whole body. Uh, the whole, whole human itself, with different layers, from the bones to the muscles and skin, and you can you can go through it uh, and see it uh, turn on and off different layers. So basically, it's it's mainly for the for the medics uh, to learn how to uh, to learn anatomy itself. And uh, from that point, we started to think that wow, we have this framework and we could import not the human, but we could import, for example, the car, because the car manufacturers are designing everything now in 3D. And uh, VR is uh, using the 3D objects to to create the world. So we we started to think about uh, how to put these things together, and we created a framework, which allows us to either meet virtually in a virtual meeting room or train something, or we have also some some games and gamification
0: inside our products, yeah. That sounds interesting, and especially the part that you mentioned about the doctors, it reminds me to a kind of movie or it was something like that, that Microsoft created many years ago, where you could see a doctor perform a surgery from Japan to another guy in the United States, but he was using a kind of, let's say, virtual reality or something like that. So you believe that this will be ever possible, that we will be able, let's say, to perform surgeries virtually, even if we are kilometers afar from each other? Yeah, considering the current hardware, I would say uh, right now
1: it's not possible because the the like efficiency of the sensors and the quality, it's not really sufficient for a a surgery you definitely you you are not talking about millimetres you're talking about micrometres especially on some head surgeries so right now we do not have a technology we would have for example technology to transfer the uh, virtual image from the virtual to augmented reality and vice versa but uh, the hardware itself does not allow us to to do so basically but uh, every year some some new headset either for VR or AR is coming out and uh, every year there is something better, faster and uh, uh, more efficient so perhaps in a few years, yes but still, I think uh, this technology allows doctors uh, to efficiently train right now to do the surgeries so uh basically if you if you do a surgery training every day in a virtual environment where <clears throat> you do not need the the really uh precision but you you train the procedure itself it makes you a better doctor that's what i i've got uh from from the doctor so so basically Right now, it's more about okay. Let's let's use the VR and let's use the AR to um, give opportunity to train something because the immersiveness of the uh, environment and uh, like the human brain works uh, with VR in conjunction really really great. We we had a um, we had one client where uh, there was one training and he, the training took three days with the common way. So there was a trainer in a training room and he was giving the lectures, showing the videos. And um, we recreated this training in a virtual environment and we basically uh, cut it to the half. So the, the VR itself, Allows people to remember more and adapt and uh like effectively get all the knowledge into the brain uh faster and after they they have done the test uh there was uh like really we were sure that they they know everything in in one and a half day instead of three
0: mm. Why do you think that as humans we remember more the things when we're in that virtual environment than when we do it, let's say, in a common lecture room? Uh, it's it's always like something in between.
1: There is always a lecture there, but uh, mm-hmm. the trainings are inside a virtual environment. So he's not just explaining; he is also uh, showing it, but not via video, but via let's say real experience let's call it that way the virtual experience but they they will experience it inside so for example when they are training some some climbing on a ladder somewhere up and there is a rule that if you go climb up you have to buckle yourself uh to the to the ladder because there is a uh like lock where you can buckle yourself so that you do not fall and basically when you do not do it in the virtual training. You climb up in a virtual environment and in a halfway, you will fall off because you did not buckle up. And basically, that will lear- you will learn by, by this that you have to do so. Otherwise, you will always fall and your brain will remember it
0: uh, better. Mm. And now I'm wondering, like, for example, when you started to build the let's say your first applications can you share us a little bit about how your first experience was or how what was your first app when you started to get involved in the virtual reality and how long did it take you to make it at least let's say playable because i know that there are you have had a lot of lessons all over your or your career but maybe like the first time how long did it take you to make something that people can use
1: yeah we we jumped into it uh via startup which was a which was a virtual medicine uh they were like really it was a startup two two guys uh developing the virtual environment on the first headset uh like three years or so but they were struggling more or less with the technology itself not with the development and we jumped uh, to the to the v r I would say three years back, uh, where I think everything was more or less um, like stable. So there were some headsets out, uh, for example, uh, development software or framework used for development was um, stable. So we had a good start. And I would say um, easy app, which is worth it and uh, um, useful for the client can be can be created in two to four months i would say yeah really quickly if if you reuse a lot of 3d object and if it if you are a company who has uh, access to the 3d objects for example um, car manufacturers uh, companies who build buildings they 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 have like a lot of 3D material which can be used, or warehouse managers a uh,
0: lot of options uh, and easy apps can be done uh, really quickly and efficiently and um, what kind of hardware or software do you think are like the minimum things that you must have in order to get it started
1: yeah it it was it was really uh,
0: really hard at the beginning because it
1: was like you have to buy the headset. Mm-hmm. uh the cable headset then you have to have a vr ready pc either the desktop or or laptop and you had had to combine everything together connect all things together and it took time and you had to have a special room for it and it was a little bit complicated now now it's it's way way better uh thanks to thanks to headsets which are um um, free to use, I would call it that way, because uh, you just put it on, and it has all the hardware inside. So uh, you just connect it to Wi-Fi and uh, create your virtual room at your home, and you are ready to go. So you don't need to plug in things and you charge it up, and and you you just use it. So uh, now is great, and uh, we use, for example. Really often the Oculus Quest because it's the best option what you can get right now in terms of quality and um, effective um, development I would say and uh, in terms of like software uh, we usually do not use the any software of the third parties we develop the application itself and we use either Unity or Unreal framework as a
0: base on which we develop the application further. And for example, do you have any specific programming languages that you use, or uh, because for the because I'm not sure if they use the same ones like Java, Python, C++, or any specific one. Um, basically, Unity itself is is based
1: on. Uh, .net. Uh, so, so we 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 do have if if I will go we have like .NET developers because mm-hmm. that's the programming language, but uh it's a tricky part. Uh in Unity it's not all about the, the like coding itself. So you do not write the code just like in Java you have to work with the 3D object, you have to work with the animations, and you have to work with uh, the environment inside the Unity. So basically there is like a lot of um, clicking inside the the environment, the Unity environment, and a lot of, lot of setting different scenes uh, and everything. So it's not that you have to be a uh, developer only, you have to have some skill with the 3D objects as well. Sometimes we need the Python scripts. Uh, so it really depends on
0: on different project, what, what we use for for programming languages. And for example, for let's say to build a successful break, what are like the minimum roles that you will need? Let's suppose that you don't, you don't want to be an all one man army, but I suppose I would like you need to have like a graphic designer or a software developer. Like, what are the minimum things? That, the minimum kind of skills that you need to build these applications. Yes, yes. So I would call it. We need at least one or two game developers.
1: It's it's common. If you if you if you say game developer, it's somebody who is using the Unity or Unreal framework to build the games. Then, for sure, uh, we need a. Uh, 3d artist or 3d designer so guy who is responsible uh for all the 3d objects uh animation of those objects and uh and uh, preparation of everything and depending on size of the project uh <clears throat> sometimes sometimes you need a a team who does the video production as well because you have to create some some animated videos, 360 videos into into the environment itself. Uh, Sometimes you just develop the software itself without these uh, things. So you will need only, or you integrate the software into some kind of environment. So then you have to know what exactly are you going to integrate for, and then you need a Java developer or, or some, some, let's call him the backend developer. And, uh, and of course, uh, then you need the support staff for this everything, which is like quality assurance team, uh, testers who will test uh, the virtual environment and um, then you can bug fix and tune up the application itself. And yeah, some, some project lead, project manager, scrum master, depending on what, uh, what type of project you are running. Either you go agile or you go waterfall,
0: uh, depending on the client. Mm. And but for example, when you mention the game developer, like for example, what kind of knowledge that person should have, like because, and I will say that many people that I know they are just common developers. They are not developing video games, and I just know two people that are building video games. Let's say professionally speaking. But what kind of skills are the difference, in your opinion, between the common developer? Let's let's suppose that one. I would like to become a game developer, like for building these breaks. What kind of skills I should learn? Because let's say Unity think, is the IDE, or where you build the the code. But what are the other things that I should know? Yeah. So, um, first thing,
1: uh, you should you should definitely go through the unity or unreal framework itself i think that's that's the base that's uh, something where everybody who would like to start developing in vr or for ar they should they should at least uh, know the framework um secondly i would say uh it's It's more or less understanding basics from from 3D modeling tools like Maya, um, some Autodesk, uh, AutoCADs, depending on what segment you will work in. And uh, then, of course, uh, you have like um, basic things that you have to understand uh spatial design in three d some lightning some texturing options uh, it would be it's it's the best if if user had it has it uh in the development uh area as well so he's he's not really like waiting for the three design three d designer to to finish things up so developer can help with this um and then there is like application architecture the U, uml uh uml analytics all these things make you a good uh do good developer for for gaming itself and the creativity uh i would say that's that's uh, that's the second part um because because you have to think a lot uh how you interact with the objects and and everything
0: around yeah it is quite interesting and now i'm wondering like for example after you have built your application how do you distribute it with your let's say with your partners with your clients do you use any kind of a store i I believe that when you have a mobile one you will upload it to the app store or play store but when you have like something like more complex how do you distribute it uh well the common way is a store similar
1: to Apple, Google. So for example, Oculus has its own store and you just go through the review process and you are uh, publicly available. But uh, currently it's, uh, it's uh, limited to good application, good games, mainly. Uh, there is an option as well. Uh, the Oculus has a business version which is Oculus for business. And uh, they allow you to distribute the application via internal store, let's call it that way. So you have your own store and business. On the other hand, uh, you, can, you can have the admin, the guy, uh, the IT guy uh, inside any corporation, and he can um, like uh, take all the headsets and install the newest software into it.
0: So you know, via cable to the headset directly. Mm-hmm. that's something that yeah it's it, it's interesting and now i'm wondering like do you have let's suppose oculus is the one that you have been mentioning is it any other let's say headset or device that is popular in the market or let's say what are the top players that you know right now um this I, oculus is a
1: is a top player or uh uh the pico now it's it's another manufacturer who has the similar product and uh yeah I would say these two are are like the <clears throat> biggest uh, they have like big market reach i would say so these two are commonly used um there are some some other uh hardware units but they were slowly discontinued uh, over the time because um they were like not fast enough and not they had not good quality in terms of like um providing the user experience itself to the user so we usually stick
0: with these two and uh they are quite good I would say. Now I'm wondering something that probably the audience is also wondering like, what is the relationship between the virtual reality and the holograms? Because I'm not sure if they are related or if it's something else, but something that at least I'm quite curious, and maybe many people are also.
1: Yeah, um, I would say from from development point of view, there is uh, no difference between the, the hologram uh, via augmented reality and the object in the virtual reality. It's a 3D object. Uh, which is drawn by uh, um, graphics of the device, either, for example, uh, via phone or or in the in the headset in a virtual reality. And uh, yeah, the the hologram, the the word for it, it's it's that it's it's floating object somewhere in our our uh, real world. So so I would say that's that's the the only difference. For example, if you have a if you have a microsoft hololens uh on your on your head as a as a the strongest and and the best ar solution right now i would say uh then then you can see the holograms because you have like um display in front of you uh which you can look through and then then you can see the holograms uh for example new new ev cars uh electric cars they do have uh, like uh the head up display which has an augmented reality as well so basically you see the holograms in front of you uh when you are driving uh then those holograms are like on the ground the markers or or they are showing you the car in front
0: of you so so that could be the the hologram itself And now that you mentioned the Hololens, what is the difference between the Oculus and the Hololens? I always thought they were the same. Now you mentioned that they are different devices or technologies. Yes. Yes. Um,
1: Oculus, it's not. uh, You cannot. You cannot look through uh, the Oculus device itself. So basically, you have a display and. when you turn off the application, it's it's like black, so so you can see through it. On the other hand, uh, the Microsoft Hololens have a like shield which is from the glass uh, in front of you. So you basically every time you you look through it, you can you can see through it like through the glass uh, glasses. So and they project you the holograms on that glass and basically uh, via your eye, you can see it in the 3D environment. So,
0: so that's, th- the, that's the main, main difference. So technically with, let's say with some HoloLens, you will be able to play better Poke- Pokemon Go, right? In a way. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely, definitely. You would be better
1: uh, like in, in searching for the Pokemons in the real environment and catching them. Uh, because uh, you would have like 360 visual around you when you turn your head, and you would you would definitely see the Pokémons, and it's it's like like um, better experience than than looking through the uh, display of the phone or
0: tablet. Yeah, technically speaking, that will be transform you into a real Pokémon trainer. And now I'm I'm wondering. Do you think that are we going to have like, let's say that holograms are going to become more prevalent in our environment? Maybe in a conference that instead of having regular people, you will have some holograms picking you around the place. When do you think this is going to happen? Um, It's I would say it's around the corner Uh,
1: right now. Uh, I think the, the most important part is that uh, one of the big companies. Uh, we'll have to release the customer uh, AR headset, let's call it this way. So small glasses, something which may be connected to the phone, because right now we are carrying the phones uh, with us, which has like uh, too much power in it. Uh, We do not really need that much power, uh, what they offer right now, I would say. So. Google Apple could be the starter of this uh, a hollow a hollow age where every everywhere uh, would be some some hologram uh, calling you to the shop uh giving you some some ideas what's where or or navigating you through uh, to through the whole city itself so yeah yeah it could be like just around the corner I don't know how how COVID situation um like affected everything here and there but uh in in 2019 it was like rumor that it will come really soon really quickly and nothing is coming out maybe they struggle with some uh some technical problems or they want to bring a product which will be really good because google tried it with the uh, google glass uh, but it was uh, not that user-friendly that everyone would adapt it like they did with the phones, basically. And I think the device has to be catchy, similar to, to, to smartphones, to adapt it really, really quickly and efficiently. And if you if you think the way either it will move a smartphone to the, like, not that important device, or uh, it will be part of the smartphone and you have to use it in conjunction with the smartphone. And then it have to be device which is not that expensive so that everybody would adopt it basically. So yeah, we'll see. And hopefully, hopefully soon and hopefully there will be some limitations and restrictions uh And we will not end up in some kind of crazy hollow junk world, uh like it's in the movies and
0: uh, yeah, and don't you think that let's say because one of the things that i about that you mentioned about the Google glasses or let's say the, because that's the name of the project was not related to the privacy because for me that's like I would be very suspicious if like let's let's say that I can see a lot of people with those glasses you will never be sure of what you are seeing don't you think that that can create that privacy concerns if right now we're afraid of our smartphones imagine that you're wearing those glasses all the time
1: yeah if 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 we if we take it to the to the face where everybody would have it then you have like a camera on everyone's head because you have to you have to interact with the world so you have to have the camera Otherwise, uh, the device would not know uh, on what thing you are, uh, you are searching for, where you are. Uh, basically, uh, for now, everything is done via camera and uh, the environment mapping is done via camera. So, so yeah, we would have like uh, millions of people running around with a camera on the head it's it's scary. On the other hand, uh, we have similar thing right now. Everybody are running with the smartphones, and and basically, yeah, the, the smartphone has a like four, five, sometimes six cameras, and, and they can they can they can create the snapshots of the world. So yeah, I would I wouldn't I wouldn't um, be so really. Um, suspicious that uh they will use the data uh because we already give so much data via smartphone that i wouldn't
0: have that concern really and now since our our program is focused on predicting the future i would like to know for example what do you visualize like for example if augmented reality virtual reality or mixed reality Will be the top player in the next five years? Which one do you think is gonna catch faster? Yeah, um, I think
1: um, uh, augmented reality is something which will go really fast, as as we have a big players on the market right now. Uh, and I, from what how I see it, and how I how I see these two streams, I think we'll end up in kind of uh, one device which will be small enough so that it does not really bother you on your head and it can seamlessly switch between virtual and augmented reality because it's it's possible and there i would see the the future that basically you'll put on some glasses or maybe uh put on only the the lens into the eye uh and, and you can either see the holograms in our environment or the lens will go black and that will show you the uh, virtual environment itself so you can you can train something before you do it in the real world that that's that's something where I think should go and I it would be really nice uh, that uh, this would be this would be the outcome of uh, the like virtual and augmented reality uh future on the other hand there is a like um virtual and al- virtual reality is the nicer world for people and um, people tend to go to the the easier nicer simpler worlds uh by any means so you i i i, I think you have seen the movie Ready Player One so I hope this is not going to be the future that people will live their own life inside the virtual world and they will not care about the, the real one but it's it's a possible future as well because the technology right now we can see that a lot of people are really adapt, um, addicted to, to smartphones and they live that virtual world mm-hmm. inside the smartphone and as in a virtual environment there is that catchy uh addictiveness to it and uh, you can you can play there, you can live the happy life there. It, it is really adaptive um for for people. So yeah. And the immersiveness itself, it just pulls you inside the environment. So so that's the human problem of the of the technology, but but hopefully uh the other the other thing i said uh will be the outcome and we will just use it and it will make us better
0: in in human way basically and the last question now let's go a little bit jump a little bit farther in the next 15 years what kind of processes or actions do you think we're gonna gonna be empowered by the usage of virtual reality or any of the options that you believe is the best one?
1: Definitely, I think uh, what we do right now on a phone, we'll do uh, in on that headset. So basically, the common things like checking the balance, uh, buying the tickets for train, and uh, all these things, I think it's it's will not need to touch the smartphone. Maybe the smartphone will disappear uh, and we'll just have the headset and uh, we'll use it like we use a smartphone uh, today uh, with all the tracking things, uh, training. Um, it's it's awesome. I, I, w- I would like to see like uh, you run with a trainer, which is like a virtual trainer. He runs next to you and um, like you you can talk with him instead of like uh reading something in a in an mm-hmm. application so so i think this is in in 15 years from my technology point of view this is something which uh could be nice and uh i would say we are going that way uh if you, if you if you see the the visuals of the cars uh the the future of the cars you can see uh Part of that it's virtual and augmented reality because the car should be like without a driver the car should be fully automated and then you need some entertainment so so people just uh, instead of glass around the car they put the screen so you are in kind of uh, a virtual environment capsule and you can do different things so so you can you can see it uh, from car manufacturers' uh, future plans, how, we, how they how they um, think the cars will go,
0: uh,
1: and yeah, this is this is kind of kind of
0: part of it. Thank you very much, Milan. I believe that everything that you have shared is incredible. I would like to see also their trainer next to me running. Hopefully, we, you will be the one who creates this interesting technology. And will everybody will benefit from the next experiments? Any last thoughts that you have, Milan? Um, last words? Yeah, I would.
1: Anyone who thinks about uh, joining this um, VR, AR uh, startups, developers should do it because I think it's it's really future. And if 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 they have an idea, I think uh, in the current world. It's, it's really easy to be part of the company who will take that area uh, to, will take that idea to next level and create some awesome product so so yeah if if you have some idea how to use the VR AR let's let's start with the project uh, right now when you are young and uh, uh before you just uh, have a family and everything. You can start your own company uh, without some, some problems and limitations. And, and try it, at least.
0: Thank you very much. And hopefully you learn something new. And until the next time, see you. Bye-bye. Thank you. See you. Bye-bye.